Welcome to the Things That Matter podcast, a podcast where we aim to dig a little deeper, give a lot of grace, and have some fun along the way. Thanks for listening to the Things That Matter podcast. You know what's happening next week? No, what's happening? Spider-Man's coming out. No way home, man. I oh, am pumped. Yeah, that is why my son has to work Thursday night at the Shano Cinema. Big night. It is a big night. Oh, it's so good for him to work that. Can I just nerd out a little bit here? Go for it. I know you don't want to hear it. But... I don't care about Spider-Man, but I care about you. So. Oh, wow, that means a lot to me. So like 2001, 2002, Tobey Maguire played you know, in modern cinema, like the first incarnation of Spider-Man. 2012, Andrew Garfield played Spider-Man, and then Tom Holland played Spider-Man in 2016. You guys can't see it right now, but she's just like frowning and shaking her head I like I have no idea mode. who any of these people are, Chris. It's different iterations of Spider-Man. And so this movie, I can't say promises, but alludes heavily that all three incarnations are going to come together. Now, if it doesn't happen, I'm okay because I'm still seeing like the sinister six accumulate together and it's a bunch of bad guys and I don't want to bore you with the details. It's literally like you're speaking French. <laughs> I don't know what any of the words you're saying mean. It's a big deal to me. It's a okay. big deal to like a million other people who are younger than me and, and, and don't have jobs maybe, but <laughs> that's all right. Oh. I, either or, I'm just, I'm really excited, but it's an experience I'm looking for, and today we're talking about experiences, we're talking about money and, and finances. So, so Cassie, my question for you, when do we know accumulating stuff or looking forward to experiences like me, looking forward to Spider-Man, when do we know that becomes a red flag in our lives? Yeah, Chris, this is a hard question, you know, but I think something that I often try and consider is, you know, how much time, energy, and resources am I putting into something? You know, this winter I've taken up skiing, downhill skiing again, and I love it so much, but gas is more expensive, right? And so I'm having to like take a look and say, okay, how much time, energy, and money am I really spending on something? Because I think so often we just aren't content with what we have, hmm. whether that's stuff or that's experiences. We're always looking for the next big thing. And man, so often we're left either discouraged or disappointed. Yeah, because I mean, we're, we're told, right, to look forward to the next thing or the next experience. Yeah. And that's where disappointment comes from. It, it comes from unmet expectations. And I think ultimately, not knowing where fulfillment actually comes from. Yeah. Because like you said, we're always looking forward to the next thing. We're always looking forward to the next experience. And that's not inherently wrong or evil. But if it consumes us, we have a problem because Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God's made everything beautiful and it's time. So like there's a finite set amount of time. And then it also says God set eternity into the human heart. Mm -hmm. So there's a reality where like we've misplaced like yeah. not eternal things into our heart when in reality we need to have eternity set into our heart. So like looking well, forward to the Spider-Man movie. Yeah, it's like that thing we're always aching for and we don't know that that's what yeah. we're aching for. Yeah. We're yeah. aching for what's to come and we're trying to fill that hole with what's happening now or what we can get right now. Yes, yes. So let me ask a hot topic question. <laughs> Does someone's generosity reveal anything about their heart? Well, I think uh, Jesus would say yes. I mean, where we store our treasure, there your heart is, Matthew 6. 
he was pretty clear about this. Like where he, Jesus talks about money so much. If we read the New Testament, we will see him talk about it over and over again. And so, why do you think he does that? Why do you think he talked about money so much? Well, Chris, look at us. <laughs> what, what are we distracted by right now? What did we just talk about? I mean, what we are constantly looking for? What can I get next? What can I get more of? It's the thing that consumes at least most of my life. I don't know about you, but for me, it I think it gives a false sense of security, and for I think sure. that comes from a root of control. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, I think it's such a big deal that you know it's even part of the criteria I really look at for when I'm choosing key ministry partners. Is you have a criteria? I have a criteria. Are you going to tell us what the criteria <laughs> is? <laughs> yeah, you know, Chris, I. I've been in leadership for a while, both here at Hope and in other avenues. And so I've learned that there can be sort of these guardrails that protect a team. And so, yeah, I have four things that I really look for before asking somebody to be a part of a key leadership team. What are those four things that people want to hear, Cassie? (laughs) Come on. (laughs) Um, These four things were gifted to me from a a podcast that I had listened to. And so, um, you know, it's are they attending Sunday services regularly? Are they serving faithfully? Are they giving generously? And are they jumping in to help out with a need or a special event? And Chris, keep in mind, like these are not this is not a checklist. This is not like a, hey, if you do this, this, and this to be legalistic, it's really just an observation. Yeah. It's like, who do I observe that's already doing these things? Because right. if you're doing all four of them, chances are your heart is in alignment with Jesus. And also you care deeply about the things that he cares deeply about. And like you said, it's it's a guardrail. It's a guardrail. It's a guardrail. And I think even in alignment with Jesus's heart, it speaks towards a maturity that they currently are operating out of. For sure. So all those things you said, I think to me, it kind of reflects a servant's heart and someone who cares deeply about the kingdom of God. Right. So what does it mean then to give generously towards Jesus's kingdom? Yeah, I mean, I think if we if we look across the entire Bible, I mean, Old Testament, it was very you know, very specific. You gave 10% off the top, right? You gave the 10% off the top. You brought the best of your harvest to mm-hmm. the temple. Those were important things. You know, the early church, they gave everything. Yeah. I mean, they literally gathered. That's acts. They came together. They had all things in common. They shared. They gave to everybody in need. And so, you know, I think for a lot of us, our generosity journey can shift and, and should be growing over time, right? Like, I know when I started coming here, one of the first things I thought, which was terrible, was like, how much would I pay to f- see a therapist every week? Hmm. And the reason I asked myself that question was because Jesus was doing something in my life that was making me better. And so I wanted to give towards that. Now, that's not a super biblical motivation to give, Chris, but it was a step of me, a step of faith to say, I want to start giving towards what Jesus is doing in my own life. Now it's fun to give towards what Jesus is doing, not just here at Hope Community Church, but also globally. Yeah, I mean, it it comes to the question, do you believe in Jesus's mission? Yeah. Well, good. Give towards that then. Yeah. And then Jesus even says in Matthew 6, you know, where you store your treasure, right? there your heart is. Right, right. So what do we do then if we're wrestling with giving generously? 
Yeah, because uh, it. I mean, I think it's hard. It's not easy. I think it's easier for some people and harder for others. For some people, they will give a ton of time. For others, yeah. it's easier to write a check. Like, yeah. you know, I think our heart has to work through that. And I think having allowance to grow. And so, like, you know, I share my leadership qualifications. It's not like, are you giving 10%? That's not, that's not what I'm looking for. It's, it's not like, legalistic. No. It's, it's, it's in an environment of grace. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Because, I like, if somebody's taking steps towards generosity, like, mm-hmm. if you've never given anything in your life to an organization and all of a sudden you're like, wait, I have to give 10% of my income, I understand. That's a big jump. However, it's this heart motivation of, like, I want to contribute towards the work God is doing both here at Hope Community Church or through the church at large or through an organization I care about. Those yeah. are important things. Yeah, and I think I think what you're saying, too, is even, like, uh, Romans 12, 1 through 2, Paul says, like, do not conform to the patterns of this world, right. you know, but the renewing of our minds. So like, there, there's something about it's not necessarily natural or within our DNA maybe to give generously, but when we examine scripture, when we examine the early church and its history, when we examine Jesus's life and his own earthly ministry with his body, we see generosity is an attribute of the Godhead. And I think... Well, and Chris, it's an investment, right? Yes. I mean, it's yes. an investment not just for us and for what's happening in our community, in our place right now, but it's an investment into the future. Yes, Yes, and, and like what we said in Ecclesiastes, eternity was was placed in our heart. Like to, to frame this almost, Randy Alcorn gives uh, this teaching example on like why it's really good for the follower of Jesus to be generous and steward their finances towards the church and, and to Jesus's mission. And, and essentially he says like, imagine you live in the United States and you're given a job opportunity for a year overseas in France. And so you have to move all your stuff. You have to move yourself over to France. But here's the thing, all the money you make in France, you can't take like physically back with you. Like when you board that airplane after the year is up, you cannot bring your money back with you. So you're going to France with that in mind. Um, but what are you going to do then, Cassie, like right. for a year? Right. You're good. I mean, you're going to invest it back home, right? Can you send, is he allowed to send the money back to the United States? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Well, that's what he's going to do. And I think that's the same thing. Like when Jesus is communicating like the need for the church to be generous, the need for his disciples to be generous, it's this reality of like keep eternity in mind right. because things are fleeing yeah. on this earth and on this side right. of heaven. And hope, hope doesn't come from stuff. I think our... Our full houses, our full garages, our full storage units, like that's not helping. Depression, anxiety is still through the roof. You know, my husband went went to Haiti, and I think anyone who's gone on a missions trip will come back and say, like, "Wow, this people group in this third world country have nothing, and yet they're filled with more hope and more joy than anyone I know here in the United States." Why is that? And I think it's because of a threefold remedy. They know how to abide in Jesus. And depend on him. Yes. And they recognize things and experiences are fleeing and eternity is built into their hearts. Yeah. When we look to what's next, we're like, hey, what's going on next week? People who are suffering are looking to eternity. Yes. Yes. And, And hope comes from what God promises ultimately in Revelation 20, a new heaven, a new earth. So, So Cassie, how have you experienced hope? Yeah, I think there has been nothing better. There has been nothing more satisfying that I have experienced than being a part of what God is doing 
It's just so fun, Chris. Like, it sounds crazy, but there will be moments where I am standing in the back of the worship center on a Sunday morning, mm-hmm. and, like, my heart just breaks, like, in the best way, with all joy of, like, I get to be a part of what God is doing in some people's lives. And I'm just telling you, like, there's literally no better feeling or experience that I've had. Yeah. Yeah, I think when we're generous with our finances, we're placing our security and our confidence really into the hands of Jesus and not our money. Yeah. Man, I I feel like, I feel like that's the episode right there. Yeah. So guys, I I hope this was thought provoking. You know, I hope it stirred some questions. We look forward to hanging with you guys. And we'd love to hear from you guys. Oh yeah. Dude. Okay. Plug in real (laughs) quick before we keep forgetting because I keep forgetting. Yeah. No, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at things that matter at shanochurch.org. If you have questions, if you have comments, uh, we'd love to connect with you. Cassie with the clutch. See you guys next time.